Hello everyone and welcome back to Well Then. As you already know, this season we are exploring all things love and how to connect to the energy of healthier love in our lives. And today we are doing a deeper dive into feminine and masculine energetics with Madeline Moon. Madeline is a yogic intimacy and polarity teacher who specializes in teaching couples how to make art out of their relationship drama. Madeline's coaching programs and online courses empower people to embody both the feminine and masculine energies for the sake of love in their relationships, work, and lives. Her work and story has been featured in hundreds of podcasts, as well as various publications such as BBC, The Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, The Daily Mail, Men's Health, People, and ABC News Nightline. Today's conversation with Madeline is such an insightful one, where we really dive deep into First of all, what these energetics are, you might already be a little bit familiar with them from previous podcast episodes, but Madeline is is definitely an expert in this area and really has such a unique approach to teaching this art form of balancing the feminine and masculine energies within us and how to apply that specifically to dating and relationships. And she shares a lot of her own personal journey as well, as far as how her relationships have transformed as she's explored and dive deeper into this work. So I think that you are going to find so much benefit from today's episode, and I'm excited to dive right in. All right. Hello, Madeline. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. I know. I, I know we just got to catch up for a moment before we we dove in, but I'm so excited to just connect with you and your energy and all the amazing things you've been up to in the past few years since we connected. Mm, thank you. Yeah, it's so amazing and incredible and like shocking how much time has passed since (laughs) we saw each other last it it like feels like a while ago at the same time that it does not so I know there's confusing time is just this really weird construct that exists but doesn't exist and it's so it's been so cool to to watch from an outside perspective all the kind of evolutions of you Mm. and your work and your business and all the things in what yeah, seems like a long time and a short time all at once. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to explore all of that, but I would love for you to just kind of share a little bit more about who you are, your background and how you got into this work in the first place. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. So, so who I am, um, (laughs) I am a teacher of, of feminine and masculine energetics and, uh, creative intimacy I teach people how to become artists of love and artists in love, how to make relationships and how to make uh, being in love as artful as possible, how to actually create out of conflict and how to use heartache and longing and frustration as a gateway to art to making something, to ceremony, to beauty, to humor, to playfulness. So I started very much not as an artist of love and having no idea what feminine and masculine energetics were. I was raised in such a way that I really needed this work to find me in order to to make it you know, to heal, to recover, to learn that humans are safe. I needed these, these beautiful, profound, ancient teachings and and they found me because Mm -hmm. I was raised very, um, there was a lot of psychological abuse, emotional, mental, spiritual abuse, tons of spiritual abuse in my family from my mother. Mm -hmm. And it was, none of it was seen, you know, it's been a, a really interesting experience because um, it, it, it when you're really when you're born into a dynamic that has such deep generational trauma and um, a way of life, a way that you just do things, a way of seeing the world, you don't know anything different. And I internalized a lot of the lessons I was being given growing up, and I 
created eating disorders and OCD and anxious attachment and then eventually avoidant attachment and just a whole host of issues that made it really hard for me to understand what intimacy is, to connect, to make eye contact. I couldn't even do that until I was about 21 years old. I only looked at people's lips. I didn't even know you looked at eyes to, <laughs> when you talked. It was always just the mouth. Um, and I became a, a bodybuilder. I just became super, super obsessed with numbers and my weight and my steps and the calories I burned on the treadmill and the calories I ate. And it was just like this heads down in the My Fitness Pal app, mm. you know, counting all of the calories for years and being so, so restrictive in my breath. There was no flow. There was no curve. There was no allotment for space and messiness. It was just so restricted and and uh, and armored up. And as a result, I created major pain in my body, lower back pain. I had um, like constantly digestive issues from sucking in, my belly hurting, my brows were furrowed. And essentially what I was doing, looking back, it's very easy to see is, is yes, I was coping, but really what I was doing at the heart of it is that I was trying to create a physical armor that would protect me from my emotional state, my emotional self. The more armor I have, the stronger I am, the more of a man I am, the safer I am. Yeah. You know, the less, the less emotions that are available for me to be shamed for, blamed for. And I, I, I've been studying a lot about energetics and what happens when a child feels unsafe. And sometimes energy goes up you know, the child goes into the spiritual realm, the astral realm. Sometimes it goes down, get really grounded. Mm. Sometimes it goes to the side. Sometimes, you know, I really retreated inward. I would go numb because my emotions were such a threat in my family household. And I would be essentially um, just like berated, you know, bludgeoned with words until I stopped feeling things. So I would go so far back that I would kind of get lost into my own body because that was where I got, that's how I desensitized and I stopped feeling. Mm -hmm. So bodybuilding was merely a manifestation of the desensit desensitizing. So it was just like, this is what I did to help me desensitize. And the path that found me, this feminine and masculine world, introduced me to uh, just this whole new way of living in a human body where I could finally get back in touch with my energy, with, with the energy and motion, my emotion that wanted to move through. And, and then eventually over the course of 10 years, I learned how to become a, a instrument of that energy and how to amplify it in ways and how to move it in ways and how to become a character of my own life and an artist and how to be embody the energy that I I always am that you always are that the feminine always is and and as a result of course it's just created such a deep capacity to be able to hold more hold more pleasure hold more abundance hold more love because i've trained my body to be able to handle energy i've trained my body how to channel how to move it how to be with it how to amplify it and then express it and create from it so mm. that is the abbreviated version <laughs> slightly abbreviated of my of my journey thus far I know there's there's so much more that we can can and definitely will dig into there and I I don't think we ever actually spoke about this before maybe we did but I had also gotten into bodybuilding in my early 20s mm -hmm. and was absolutely, you know, similar to you using it as this sort of control mechanism, like how much can I rigidly attach to and grip onto these, <laughs> these, um, yeah, restrictive habits that make me feel like I have some semblance of, of safety and grounding and control, but are really just keeping me removed from actually feeling what I'm feeling and, and experiencing life as it flows through me. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm curious for you, what was the thing that kind of woke you up to like, oh, this isn't actually working for me. Like the way that I've been doing things up until now 
isn't giving me the feeling, the results, the life that I want. So I've got to do things differently. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's, it's great. I like this question because I have such a vivid, distinct moment. I have the moment. It's so obvious. It was after my second bodybuilding competition. And I was just like, so full of self-hate and and look, I think self-hate and self-loathing is a totally valid emotion. And I think it's a it's emotion that we should all become very familiar with because it's very human. It's it's part of being an artist. It's part of being in this world is to not like who you are. It's fine. It's okay. We should accept it mm. and move through it, right? Like feel it fully, touch it fully, embody it, blast it out. And then it, and then it, on the other end of it is is humor on the other end of feeling that is normally play. It's like, oh my God, this big cosmic joke. But <laughs> we can't get to that side of humor. And, you know, we can't feel the relaxation if we don't go into the, into the, the tension. Yep. It's, it's the, it's that in itself is polarity. So it, it was, it was after my second competition and I was just, you know, I was covered with nine layers of spray tan. I was splayed <laughs> out on my hotel bed, getting this brown tan, cream all over the sheets and I just was like I am so miserable and I was bloated and I had a pop-tart to celebrate and I like celebrate my competition and I felt bad about eating the pop-tart and I was just like I was so annoyed with my head I was just like frustrated of being in the head and just the constant agony that was happening in there that I couldn't process through my body it was just staying in my head. Yeah. And it was just a moment where I was like, okay, I think I feel complete here and I'm ready to be totally different now. Uh, <laughs> unsubscribe. Yeah. Ready to move on from this. And, and it was so, so cool because my, my life just took shape over the, over the four months after that. I think I was like 23 when that happened. I'm about to be 31 this year. And Congrats. <laughs> um, thank you. And the next four months, basically one thing just unfolded after the other. I was like, I'm going to get a dog. Mm. And naturally I wanted something to nurture. Like I wanted some, I wanted a, something to love. And then I was like, I'm going to move to the mountains now. And then I moved to the mountains. And then I was like, I'm going to study psychology of like eating disorders and mm -hmm. understand what's happening in my body. And so it just kind of took shape. And then I started, you know, my podcast and creating courses and I am not at all like a body image coach. I was when I was 23, 24, but all of my work is around intimacy and feminine and masculine energetics now, but I'm so grateful for that really important chapter of my life because without manifesting all of those kinks in my life, all those like frustrations, all those blocks, all that pain it wouldn't have led me to what is on the other side of that, all the, all the openings that were available, all the ahas and the, the creativity. Yeah. And do you think that for you personally, going through that process of, you know, healing from your eating disorder and coming into a place where you felt the self-hatred and then on the other side of it, ultimately, you know, had more acceptance of your body, which as we know, helps us to be more in our bodies. Do you think that made it you more available to the work of feminine and masculine polarities and like actually leaning into what it feels like to be in more in your feminine? Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, it made me available full stop. It made me available. If, if I did not, I mean, there were little things that I needed to do before I discovered feminine masculine energetics, which I'm happy to explain in a minute. Just yes, so that, definitely. You We're know, gonna <laughs> catch so everybody are, up. Yeah. Cause my definitions are different than what a lot of people think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it, you know, it, it healing my, I, I like to go back to something very simple and it's just the breath. Like if you are so obsessed with being small, the expansion of breath that you have is probably incredibly limited it's light breath, it's tight breath, it's rigid breath, it's not breath that's circulating through your, your root chakra, your sacral chakra, it's probably breath that's like in your upper chest. It's not, it's not a very safe breath for your, like literally speaking for your body. 
it's not circulating a lot of energy. So there's probably a little bit of a depletion. And if your body is in depletion mode from breath, it's certainly not going to be in the most creative realms because you need safety to relax into the creative realm. So yeah. by merely working on my body stuff back then and learning how to breathe deeper, I was training my body to be able to hold more, to be able to hold more emotions so that emotion could come to the surface, but I needed to take up some space, some breathing space in order to actually be able to get to that place. Yeah. I mean, it's such a simple, but powerful visual. Like you explained earlier, you had digestive issues and and pain in that part of your body from constantly trying to, you know, suck it in and have a flat stomach. And of course we're going to have shallow restricted breath if we're always contracted in that way. Mm -hmm. And that obviously leads to contraction and restriction in so many other areas of our lives, but Mm -hmm. I would love if you give your, a little bit of a snapshot of your definition of, of feminine, feminine and masculine energetics for people who either are just new to the concept altogether or new to, to your perspective on it. Yeah, absolutely. So I will say, firstly, we all have feminine and we all have masculine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would consider I have a hundred percent of both. I yeah. don't think that, you know, some people are like, you have 70% of something and 30% of the other one. Yeah, maybe that's true. But I think the goal should be that we all learn how to have a hundred percent of each. And so that we can have control over what we let go of when we want to let go of the masculine yeah. so that we fully embrace the feminine so that we can choose some days we need to be primarily masculine. And then in the evening, when you're with your beloved, you want to be primarily feminine. So it's important we're intimately connected to both energies. Next, I will say that the definition is not universal. So feminine and masculine in Taoism is different from feminine and masculine in Tantric Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And that is different from Western society. For example, in the West, a lot of people still think that the feminine is softness, surrender, it's like, like yin. Yeah. And that the masculine is yang and is action and is uh, hustle. Okay. So no, well, at least not with me. (laughs) Um, And, and I think my definition is the best. So my, my perspective comes from tantric Buddhism, I'm sorry, um, uh, Tantric Buddhism, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tantric Buddhism is where there is Shiva and Shakti, okay? So the masculine is not hustle, go, 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 action. The masculine is actually, is more like yin. The masculine is, is the consciousness. So another way to think about this is the masculine is the part of you that's never changed. Mm -hmm. It's not the part of you that's happy, sad, hungry, confused, elated. Nope, 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 nope. Your masculine is the part of you that has no personality, that has no desires. It's just pure awareness, pure consciousness. And then the feminine is, is the personality, is the Uh, ups and downs, the emotion, the flow, the shakti, it's all that energy. Now, this definition, we can look at this in many different ways. So we can see, okay, how does this play out in one person? In one person, how does their feminine and their masculine play out? Mm -hmm. We can also look at how does this play out with other? So if I have a man in front of me, How does this dynamic play out with him? And then we can look at this in the world, how the feminine masculine, how you interact with the entire world. So there's many different layers of how feminine and masculine are in in motion and in movement and how we can embody them. If you are a primarily feminine being, so I am, my goal when I'm not working, when I'm not in my masculine, trying to get stuff done, focus my thoughts and ground is to be full of energy. So if I am in that, if I'm a feminine being and my partner's a masculine being for the most part, like that's the kind of relationship we choose to have. Yes, I have hundred percent of both, but in my partnership, 
I let go of so much of my masculine and I totally embody my feminine. Mm -hmm. What that would look like is me bringing the energy and he brings the depth. If he wants to take the party as deep and ceremonial as possible, I want to extend the party as long as possible. I want to make it bright and bring in the disco ball and give everyone cool outfits and change the music around. And I want to pump up the energy or, or like move the energy, shape shift it. Whereas the masculine in this metaphor would be my partner. He would make sure that the container was set. The room is safe. The lighting is done right so that we can go as deep as possible. Right. So the masculine practitioner is all about consciousness, depth, containers, safety, perimeters. And then the feminine is the lights, like embodying light, embodying archetypes, bringing flavors, energy, emotion, flow. So those are my definitions. And, you know, it, it's this world is one that you could spend 50 years in and still be on the tip of the iceberg. So for anyone hearing this for the first time, hopefully it's not too confusing, but the more you begin to practice this and, and learn and study these beautiful energetics, the more you'll intimately become familiar with how they work throughout your own body. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in a little bit, I would love for you to get into maybe some, some places for people to start, um, you know, resources or where they can begin to explore the balance within themselves. But before we dive into that, I'd love to hear your, your experience on, you know, you, you gave the example of how feminine and masculine energetics play out in your partnership now. Um, and you also alluded to earlier, the place that you were in before you found this work and kind of oscillating between like anxious attachment and avoidant attachment. How has that evolution of your relationships looked as you dove deeper into this work and practice, you know, the art of, of mastering these energetics and being more in your feminine within the container of relationships. Like have, I'm sure you have seen it play out in this way, but have you seen a huge difference in the types of partners that show up into your space and the way that you're showing up for them and all that good stuff? Oh my gosh. I could, I could write an entire book on this. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, in every way. I mean, I, I couldn't, I could not talk about my feelings with my partner. I could not explain what it was I needed. I could not say no when I said yes or yes when I was no. Like I did, I couldn't touch base with what it was that I wanted, what it was that I needed, my own boundaries. Um, and I certainly wasn't creating ceremony out of lovemaking. Like this mm. is just a very simple example. But when I make love, it's always a ceremony. It's very rarely <clears throat> spontaneous, not to say that's preferred, good or bad or anything, but like it, it, it's just, it's embedded in my lifestyle and in my relationship that we, we, it's not appointments. It's just, we say, okay, tonight let's have a, a, a date. Let's have a date. We call them dates. Yeah. And we set the entire room with candles and the music is pristinely ready. Like it's a playlist. It's not just like, <laughs> what do you want to put on? Or like not even having music on. We always have the stage set. You know, we are, if we are, I love just to think about being an actor in, yeah. in life. Like we're, we're the, the grand drama is here. It is available. We have our entire life to step into the grand drama. Are you going to wear the costumes? Are you going to? set the stage? Are you going to immerse yourself in your character? And in my relationship, it's very much like that. Like if we are going to be making love, I want to make sure that the lighting is right. The music is right. The timing is right. We've, we've, we bathe, we take showers, we wash our body. And like, I mean, for me, I'll speak for myself. I always bathe before I make love. And I, adorn myself with whatever oil I want to be wearing. I, it's like we're way back in BC getting ready to lay with our partner <laughs> in, in the bed for the first time. Like it's always kind of like that. And, and, and also taking it a step further as an artist of love, I'm always looking for what does the moment need, you know, in my partnership? 
what do we need? Do we need more play? Do we need a serious talk about something that's clearly funky and in the air and is causing a rift between us? Do we need a spontaneous night out to dinner? It's not just about what do I want? Mm -hmm. Like, do I want to go to dinner tonight? It's not that question. It's what do we need? Mm. What does the moment need? So for example, if, if, if we're feeling very stale and stuck in our home life, maybe one day after he goes off, um, I'll have like the living room lit with candles and I'll be playing music and I'll be doing my own dance practice on the floor, like around the time he comes home so that he walks into that. And then it immediately shifts the energy. It immediately like sets a new tone for the evening. And Sometimes it's because I want to do that, but a lot of times it's because this is what the moment needs and the moment needs for him to walk into me dancing erotically on the floor without even saying a word to him, Mm -hmm. because I know that will spice up the moment. So we're creating more sovereignty. Like this path is about creating more sovereignty in your relationships about actually embodying what it is that the relationship needs rather than sitting around and waiting for it to happen. And I would assume that that obviously, you know, requires a, a partner who is on a similar, similar frequency to, to meet you there. It, it can't just be, you know, one person showing up to see what, what the container needs, what the relationship needs. And would you, do you feel like the partner you're with now is an evolution of, you know, who you've become in your, your own journey compared to past partners of the past? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely believe that we we attract and magnetize partners who are in the same energetic field that we are on. So a good way to think about this is the super surface levels of masculine and feminine that we see out in the world. Like, you know, when you see really, really, really beautiful young model with an older rich man, Yeah. (laughs) No judgment at all. Totally cool. That's great. Love it. But what I'm saying is that this is a super, uh, it's a super surface level example of beauty finding depth because financial success is to the feminine, a clear sign of depth. I mean, I don't really know many people who have major success who don't have some depth. It's just financial depth, but, but when we see as a feminine, like as a woman, when I see someone that has a lot of money, uh, there's a part of my feminine that registers that as safety. Mm -hmm. There's depth there. There's safety. Like, obviously this person has had to use strategy, work hard and hold the fort down in order to create wealth. So there's something very on the surface level again, um, masculine about money like oh obviously that's had to be some masculine capacity to create that and then of course beauty is one of the surface levels of the feminine light beauty light it's not the inner glow kind of beauty the inner radiance but it's surface level beauty it's just it's energy it's it's like colors or um the surface level kind of radiance, but not the deep heart centric. And that's why we oftentimes see these kinds of relationships because the surface of the feminine masculine are finding each other. Mm. So um, that can happen energetically where people on the same level, like she just wants someone with money. He just wants someone that has beauty. They find each other. ta-da, And they're going to have all sorts of those kind of surface level issues They'll probably ignore the issues in the same way. They probably won't resist going deep in the same way. Uh, they'll stay on the surface and they'll, they won't experience the true, deep, blissful, godlike intimacy that's available. I'm not saying this is all couples at right. all. Um, my partner is older than me as well. And we also have deep practice. You know, we have deep practice together and have made that a pillar of our relationship is that we're going to be committed to being artists. And to answer your question about, can you be in partnership with someone who doesn't live this way? Absolutely, absolutely. I think that it takes 
only one person hmm. to do this work for your relationship to be infused with it. And I think it's actually one of the big lies people hold on to, to feel safe from opening. I can't open fully until I have a man doing this work, or I can't open fully until I find someone that will fuck me open to to God. And (laughs) because this person can't fuck me open to God, I'll never touch God. So we're people who do that are looking outside of themselves to actually embody the pull that they want to embody. And they're waiting and it's a way they're withholding. Mm. This is all a lie. Now I'm not saying that you can have a, lifelong relationship with someone who's not in this work if if one of your main values is to be in a relationship with someone who does this work that is different you know if your number one value is I want to be in relationship with someone who's committed to doing feminine and masculine polarity and you're with someone who just flat out refuses I would view that partnership as a great opportunity to practice to practice opening as love regardless of what they do to practice being an artist of love, regardless of what they do. Practice being in the feminine, amplifying the feminine and seeing if it polarizes them into the masculine without having to teach it to them. Mm. It's a great opportunity to actually do your work. Just like first dates are. If you go on a first date, you don't know what you're going to get. It's a great opportunity to practice being in your feminine, practice being energy, regardless of who this person is. They're, They're just practice their little practice containers and they're preparing you to be the partner that you want to be for the, for the person you want to be with. That is honestly one of the things I love most about all of the, the many valuable things that you share online and on social media is the way that you really use all relationships, but, but your past relationships in particular as, um, you know, mirrors to see like, okay, what is it that's coming up in me? What, what lesson is there for me to be learned in this moment? And what is there for me to practice in this moment? And rather than just, you know, kind of going through the motions and then being like, well, that relationship didn't work mm-hmm. out on to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I used to be very much like that, just like, and resentful. Like a relationship would end and I wasted all this time and I was resentful that they didn't appreciate me for the woman that I was. And it just, it left me feeling so like angsty Mm -hmm. and eager to find the next person. Like I, I felt angsty about something ending also very dramatic in like wanting to just cut it all off and (laughs) angsty to find the next one so that I would not be single. And yeah, it was, it was such a different mindset. Now it's like, oh, this is just who I am. I am just someone deeply devoted to love and deeply devoted to the whole process of it, falling in and falling out, being with, committing, and going through all of the agony of that. And, um, and should it happen, falling out of love and going, you know, going through the agony of that and the singledom and like whatever life wants to give me. But yeah, it's like, I really, I, I really see relationships as immersions. Like mm-hmm. you go, you know, you go to a Tony Robbins yeah. intensive to learn a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, relationships are like the deepest intensive we can go into. It's a, it's a childhood oh, yeah. wound intensive. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. You want to like heal? Okay. Here you go. <laughs> and you, you heal not through just getting the love you heal through all the triggers that arise, all the jealousy, all the insecurity, all the being misunderstood. And it's the coming together that happens throughout those conflicts. And it's the art that you can make out of conflicts that you really meet yourself in. And mm. that's where you heal. And, and I, I if I could just pass on anything on to people it would be it would be if you want to energetically attract higher or deeper depths of relationship and um, I don't know what the word would be not to put it on a hierarchy but just like better relationships you want to attract better ingredients and energetics well start seeing whatever's coming up now as an opportunity to get there. You just got to lean into whatever is happening now because it will make you a better practitioner and a better lover and a better artist. 
Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Using what's, what is presented in front of you as an opportunity. It's all an opportunity to learn and grow and dive deeper into ourselves and into love. Mm -hmm. Do you, that being said, do you believe in the idea of soulmates? Totally. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I I think we've had many soulmates. I think animals Mm -hmm. can be soulmates. Um, Yeah. I also just kind of consider it to be just like love, you know, soulmates are just just love. It's just very strong love. I don't know about the karmic ties from past lives or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's real. Um, I'm sure it's real. I, I, I believe that's out there. Um, I definitely believe in twin flames. I have had a twin flame, um, and it's the quintessential twin flame relationship. And uh, they're not, they're not who you want to maybe marry, <laughs> but they are again, it's like, I'll teach you a like, lot. <laughs> yeah. We got the intensives. We got the immersions. We've got the like year long retreat containers, <laughs> you know, and he was definitely, he was definitely a, a deep dive. And, and it was interesting because he kind of like, cre- we, we created a lot of wounds. It felt like if we did have past life stuff, we were just further extending whatever karma we had already committed to each other. Um, and then, and then after our breakup, it was like, it was truly like, probably for both of us, a reclaiming of our own lives of like deciding we were not going to get lost into the drama of what it was to be together. And we would rather separate and figure out life on our, on our own than go through that drama together anymore. And that, I mean, that's such a courageous decision to make because Mm -hmm. obviously the connection and the love is there, but to know that, you know, what's available for you guys on the other side of it without each other and being in separation could be even greater. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy choice to make always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It took seven years, but (laughs) it's not an overnight thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so one thing that I would love to hear you speak more on is, you know, you alluded to using these opportunities of like first dates and the beginning of relationships to start to practice, um, you know, feminine energetics in particular. Can you give some examples of like what that actually looks like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if you're going to be embodying the feminine pole, it's about bringing energy. So let's not get, get that confused with being beautiful. Like that's not what we're saying. The feminine is about energy and uh, amplifying that. So there's so many ways that you can bring that to a first date or to the interior of getting to know someone. Um, here's just a couple examples. So when I, I mean, when I've, um, let me see, which one do I want to pick? There's so many. <laughs> um, one time when I was getting to know someone, they had told me to do something. They were like, uh, think about what you want for this weekend in April, what you want to do or something like that. And I could have said, oh, I know what I want to do. I want to bop, up up just very simple, write it out, or I could make it colorful and I could bring energy to it, life to it. And so I remember I just, I bought like these ginormous blackberries and I filmed a 10 second video, super short of me wearing some kind of very sweet, like silk maiden-esque uh, robe. And I just ate this, like ate one blackberry super slowly and sent this video to him it wasn't over the top it was actually it was really subtle it was just me subtly eating this blackberry slowly and I sent to him that video and I said thinking about what I want to do with you in April something very Mm -hmm. simple like that but it was a revealing so instead of just using words I wanted to add some creativity to it Uh, so that's a very, like a very easy example of if you're told something to do something by a masculine being, which by the way, that's them being in the masculine is directing, creating a container, giving depth, then you respond back through a way that's energetic. So 
there are options like filming a video of you dancing or creating a special playlist and sending it to them with some kind of note like this is the playlist that I want to tussle in bed to with you yeah um or writing a short haiku if you're longing them like longing sitting under a tree miss you baby you know, just something <laughs> really you could just write a little haiku and um one time I one time someone I was dating was seeing two people and I literally did a TikTok of me drawing a photo of her being murdered by me and <laughs> sent it to him and I was like just so you know this is what I'm gonna do if you don't stop seeing this other girl and it was like this whole graphic little drawing of this sweet little stick figure with a dress slowly getting her uh throat cut <laughs> and it had like cheerful happy music with it and uh it was great. It was great. It was the way I got to demonstrate. How did that not get flagged on TikTok? <laughs> because I didn't post it. I just rec- I screen oh, okay, recorded okay. it. Yeah, I, did not <laughs> I screen recorded it, then I sent it to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've done a lot of, I've done some very like erotically dark pieces of art once I was in the relationship and there was safety and yeah. Um, but I love playing with the darker realms. When I'm getting to know someone, I'm I'm normally like, demonstrating a little bit more of my longing because that feels like a very heightened emotion when you get to know someone is the longing like I like this person it's scary I want more attention with them it's kind of that time it's really tender it's you're 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 feeling all the hope Mm. bubble up in your heart at the same time that all the past moments where hope was destroyed is bubbling up at the same time it's a very it's a very tender time when you're yeah. getting to know someone. It's so much excitement and also so much fear because you're getting excited. So it's also a really rich time to make some some art that you give to them for free, right? Like they don't have to do anything to deserve your art. You're just making art. You're just giving art. You're writing, you're storytelling, you're buying outfits that you want to wear to impress them. You're like just finding new textures and flavors of yourself that this instance this this falling in love is bringing up for you the way that you get to become an artist of love for you not for this bumble date Mm -hmm. not for winning a relationship it's for you because you're devoting yourself to to living your life like this Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you clarified that yeah because I think there can be this tendency so much especially with dating app culture to feel like, yeah, you have to try to do all these things to win this person. And, and really that's not what it's about at all. It's about embodying you more. Right. They're just the, you know, they're just the vehicle. They are the vessel for you finding more of you. Yeah. We, we typically fall in love with people because we love who they, who we are with them. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's still about us. Like we're still, we're falling in love with ourselves and we're also falling in love with them, but they're faulty. They're human. They're going to let you down. And I think that's a part of falling in love that should be focused on a bit more is, is as, as people, as individuals realizing that yes, you are falling in love with this person, but you're also falling in love with the infinite flavors of yourself that you are discovering with them and really milk that milk, milk it. Like anything that this other person brings up in you get to know that part of you that's being brought up. Yeah, absolutely. Which really helps with, you know, the experience that I've talked to a lot of women who have, you know, they'll, they'll go be going through a breakup and realize that they, had completely lost touch with themselves throughout the course of this Mm -hmm. relationship, however long it was, because the focus was solely on the other person. And I think to your point, it is so important for us to maintain this really loving, juicy, beautiful relationship with ourselves as we're falling in love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's you're, you're there too. You know, you are there falling in love. And your partner is reflecting back to you who you are. Mm-hmm. Relationships are ways that we get to meet the divine deeper, but yeah. we also get to meet ourselves deeper. And mm-hmm. it's really, it's really healthy too, because if you put all this attention and focus on the other person, whew, 
it like, okay, let me clarify that because I do want you to put attention and focus on the other person, but not, not in who they are because they are going to let you down. So if you are putting all of this time and attention into who you want them to be, mm-hmm. when they let you down, you will blame them. You will get all up in a tizzy because they're not being the person that you thought that they were. So it's like you're letting people into your realm rather than coming out of yours and entering theirs. Yeah. You're saying, here's my life. You want to join? Come on in. Pull up a chair, take off your shoes. Happy to have you here, but you're coming into my life. And like, here's what you're getting into in my life. And, And there's a, it's a really healthy thing to do. I hope I'm explaining this correctly because yes, you want attention on your partner and your beloved to love them and to learn how to love them better, but release the expectation of who they need to be in order to receive your love. Mm, Yeah. I love that. That's really beautifully said. So where would you recommend that people start if they're interested in learning more about this particular, you know, perspective on feminine and masculine energetics? Is it, you know, are there practices within themselves to get started with or books to read? Well, I've spent 10 years making every single possible thing people could want. So I'm going (laughs) to just um, unabashedly point people to my work. Uh, I would recommend anyone brand new to all of this to, um, I have a, I'm I'm not actively currently making podcast episodes, but I have 340 podcast episodes of the Mind Body Musings podcast that are ready to go Mm -hmm. on iTunes, on Spotify. It's all about feminine and masculine energetics. I also have a um, a program that I'm, I just started running that's actually open all year long called the temple. And the temple is literally all of this. I'm building it from the ground up. There's one masterclass per month, one office hours per month. You get to come in, ask me questions about this. There's resources. So if anyone's interested in learning more about becoming an artist of love using feminine and masculine energetics, then that's really that's really the main place to be. Um, other than that, like my Instagram is, is so, it's just like mini masterclasses throughout my entire <laughs> Instagram. Like you just go read any post and it, it, I'm teaching you things all day in, in my Instagram. So I, I would recommend those, those three places. There's just tons of content that's free and available and practices galore and my website also has plenty of other stuff, more masterclasses. I have like lots of one-off masterclasses. One's called Artistic Intimacy, and that's all the foundation of what it means to be an artist of love. Yeah, lots of good stuff there. Amazing. Well, I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes below for everybody listening. You can go check that out. And definitely, I recommend following Madeline on Instagram because she does post so much valuable content. And you're on TikTok as well, right? I am. Yeah. But everything that goes on TikTok, I just put also on Instagram. So okay, perfect. if you follow me on Instagram, you'll get all the TikTok. You'll get it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So one kind of final question is, do you have any daily practice that you really love and really recommend for tapping into the energy of love, self-love and feminine energy? Oh, I have so many. I know. I'm sure yeah, you have so many. No, I've got <laughs> probably thousands but um yeah like right now my current practice is that I'm doing a, a qigong mm-hmm. a routine it's about 30 minutes and it, it's there's this woman um named Joyce and she created something called sensual qigong so it's it's like a feminine qigong mm. oh my gosh I think there's a it looks like there's a that's looks like a, there's like a a whale outside. Oh my gosh. That's oh my so gosh. cool. Sorry. I just I, I <laughs> never, I'm in my desk in my room in Malibu and I see a whale outside. Wow. I didn't even know. I have to go double check after this. Um, you should. As a quick side note, I was stand up paddle boarding in Malibu one time and there was a whale not too far in the <gasps> distance and it was probably the coolest day of my life. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so amazing. Whales are so magical. I've just never seen them from here. (laughs) Yes. So that's so special. Yeah. Thank you for being in on that joy with me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. As I was saying, sensual Qigong has been really helpful. And 
I also use uh, yoni eggs and crystal wands and I do, um, you know, like I, I'm very deeply committed to the tantra path. So I have mantra and yantra and deities that I pray to and um, just moving energy through my body on my sheepskin as I just like put on some music and do some nonlinear movement. So yeah, I have lots of things, but the main thing that I'll, I'll say about that is that I change it up basically every month. Mm-hmm. I am, which is part of the feminine flow. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've wanted to find like be the person that has the one thing every day, but it doesn't work for me. I need yeah. to constantly be learning new things. So I'm next week, I'm doing this, um, 22 day tea ceremony mm. uh, practice. I'm learning how to have a tea practice, which is brand new to me. And so I'll probably like go Qigong for a bit and try tea ceremony because I've never done that. So yeah, so I think cool. it's important. It's important to dive in, find new things, keep the rotation going of exploring different modalities. And if you do find something that you love, then you stick with it for yeah. as long as you love it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I think there's so much valuable stuff there for people to go off and explore and practice on their own. And I'd be really curious for everybody listening, if there was anything that Madeline shared today that really sparked your interest that you want to learn more about, definitely reach out and maybe we can have her back on for a follow-up episode and dive more in depth. Yeah, I would love that. I hope everyone feels served and clear I know these topics are so big but you know it's just such a beautiful world to dive into it is and and this was definitely such a a beautiful introduction of of your story and the work you do so thank you so much for for coming on today and chatting with me and sharing all this beautiful valuable um, information and stories Mm, my pleasure thank you so much for your beautiful questions Absolutely. And for everybody listening, if you know anybody who would benefit from hearing this conversation and tuning in to feminine and masculine energetics in their own life, I definitely recommend passing this episode along, sharing it with them, spreading the love. And of course, send in your questions, make sure to follow Madeline and look her up if you want to dive more into her work. And as always, until next time, I hope you all have a happy, a healthy and a loving day.